Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Magnolia Beef and Seminary has top quality beef products that are raised right here in Mississippi. They also have fantastic gifts for every age. For the best beef in Mississippi and so much more, visit Magnolia Beef and Seminary or find us on Facebook. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Yep, that's the place that we get to go green for a couple of hours every week. And you know what? We need to do that. I went to the grocery store yesterday. You probably did, too, or at least recently. And no matter what you're buying, it's up. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that. This is not a political program. We're not going to discuss those things. What we're going to talk about is what do gardeners do? Well, gardeners just get a little deeper. Mm -hmm, That's right. We dig a little more. That's right. We're going to start using every part of the produce particularly that we have to buy, but it also extends to making stocks and all sorts of other things out of the proteins that we're consuming, and what's left then becomes part of the next meal. But in the garden, it also means understanding when the seasons are happening and when we're having the opportunity to get ready so that in a few more weeks we will have something else to harvest. Here's my example. I have more basil than I should have right now. But in a month, I'm not going to because either the bugs will get it or it's going to get too hot or it's going to outgrow its container or something. So right now, while it's bountiful, I'm making some frozen basil, as I always do at the end of the season. But because I'm concerned about, frankly, whether or not it'll stay and whether or not I'll be able to start another one and all those other issues that you worry about. And because I love to cook with basil so very, very much. I'm going to make some pesto, and then I'm going to freeze some in ice cubes the way that I have always done. You know what chiffonade is? You take your scissors or a knife, and you literally are making the thinnest strips possible out of the leaves of basil. And, yes, you can even do the stem. And, yes, if you have flowers, although you probably shouldn't, you can also do that. Okay? We've got an awful lot of material there. Then you just crash it, literally press into ice cube trays. You remember good old-fashioned ice cube trays before ice makers? Get yourself one or pull it out of the drawer, fill it up, then put just some nice fresh water on top of that and put it in the freezer. When it freezes, you take them out and put them into a zip bag, and then you've got basil for any of you, any use you want for cooking for weeks and months. That's what I'm doing today. What are you doing in your garden today? Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That, of course, is the Super Talk call line. And indeed, the ceasefire text line is open to you too. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. If you are on your way, we'd love to hear from you. Today is, of course, the Mississippi, um, the, the Hattiesburg area daylily society. And in fact, the train depot in Hattiesburg is one of the coolest places. If you've not been there, you'll want to tell me about that too. The plant sale starts at 11, so you have time to get there from just about anywhere if you haven't um, planned it and you just thought, well, today's the day. We're going to go. Indeed, um, th- this is really fun. They'll they'll have the entered plants out at 1 o'clock after the judging gets complete, but both of those things are open to the public and they are free. And I have to tell you that um, I, I'm not able to outdo uh, Gary Bachman, Gary and Katie's Nancy Gale Daylily is 
two gazillion flowers on it, I believe, at last count. But mine has had more than 20 and still has buds on it. So <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Lily came from, of course, Hattiesburg. So go see them at the depot today, beginning at 11 a.m. Okay? Okay. Speaking of the Super Talk call line, uh, looks to me like we've got Jim from Laurel calling in today. Jim, what's on your mind today? Excuse me, I, Garmom, I've talked to you over the past about my mother's roses. My mm-hmm. mom did since 2005, and I keep these roses going to her as a tribute. I was doing some landscaping yesterday, and I accidentally, uh, yeah, yesterday, and I accidentally knocked that rose bush over. <laughs> I'm not going to ask I'm you gonna... what you were doing. <laughs> That's not easy to do, Jim. <laughs> well, I was, I, I had uh, field dirt put in my front yard. Mm-hmm. And I wet it down, and I was packing it with my truck, packing it dirt so it wouldn't wash away. I got too close to that rose bush, and I knocked it over. Now, I got two growths coming up. Mm-hmm. One of them I knocked over. The other one still looks fairly good. Mm-hmm. But are there anything I It didn't break it. It just knocked it over. How yeah. can I? Uh, I got a stake driven in the ground. Well, set it back up and cut about a third of it off so that it doesn't have to wear itself out trying to get rerooted. It's not going to bloom for a little while, but that's the way to save it. Um, stand it back up and trim off about a third of it. Give it some fertilizer and don't let it dry out. It's going to be a little tough, but I'm confident that if anybody can do this, you can do this. Well, my pepper plant's got his, the three-year-old pepper plant, jalapeno, and it's covered with peppers. That's wonderful. That that's terrific. I'm uh, I'm such a jalapeno fan myself. I wish you well, but let me hear how. Let me tell me how it goes later on. But when you cut that stuff off of that rose, take some of it and root it, so you have extras if you need them down the way. Okay. I trimmed I trimmed it back about eight years ago. It took the sprigs and sent them out in different places, and they're growing. Well, but that's good. The mother of all the plants, and I want to try to keep it. Well, try to keep it, but when you cut it back, root some more. Stick them in some containers around the place, and just so you'll have plenty. Okay, she'd be glad. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Jim. We always enjoy having those tribute plants. Um, Y'all know I have a peace lily that's more than 20 years old, going pushing 25 now, and in fact that it's blooming again today. Now, there's five of them in the house now because they outgrew everything. Two of them are still small enough that they only get one flower, though, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they will eventually find another home. <laughs> I'll get them to somebody. Um, well, I don't know. Jeff's asking on the text line, can you put basil leaves in freezer bags or vacuum seal and then freeze? I don't know. I've only ever done them in water. So somebody tell us, okay? It's a good question. It's a very good question. Um, oh, by the way, another thing you need to know about, Monday, June 6th and Friday, June 10th, if you are interested, there's still some bulbs to be given away, and and trust me, as busy as I am with them, you're going to want to be busy, too. If you'd like to get in touch, get in touch with um, Donna Yowell about that. Of course, this is part of the Mississippi Urban Forestry Commission's Bloomtown and, and really the flower growers of Mississippi and all the other things that, that circle around that. But it's a it's a really great opportunity if you are – garden clubs, um, master gardeners, your town itself, all of these things. If you have this this option and you have some places to plant elephant ears and cannas and gladiolas and whatnot, by all means, 
get in touch. You know that it's dyowl at aol.com, but you can also look her up on Facebook. Okay? That's another thing that's going on. People are driving to see daylilies. People are driving to get bulbs. And the price of gas is, frankly, quite worthwhile in that case. It's expensive, but you're going places you want to go. Dawn's in Gulfport. Welcome in to Weekend Gardening. What's on your mind? Yes. Hello? Hello. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry, Nelly. This is Don from Gulfport. Hey, Don. I had um, how you doing? I I have uh, I, last year I sent you a picture of a giant sago palm that I was going to transplant into my yard. Yes. I don't know if you kind of vaguely remember that. Sure. That thing's gotten more. It's gotten more giant. It was impressive. The window. <laughs> it was impressive. Uh, <laughs> it, it it's grown another foot or two. Oh there. my goodness. Uh, I hired four different people. Uh, different times to to transplant it for me, and none of them showed up. So <laughs> they all saw the plant, the, right? <laughs> yeah, the world's going to Hades in a handbasket or something. There, but anyway, um, I, I know I've missed the window. I don't know. I don't know if it would would it survive if I planted it this late, transplanted it. It'd this be late. really difficult because this is the active growing time, of course, and it's also the time when even a plant with really stiff limbs and leaves like sago palm is still transpiring at a really fast rate. When we get to the to the point where we're warm at night and during the daytime, the leaves never stop losing water. And so it, even on a plant that's as rigid and tough as that one, I, I'm very concerned that we might just watch a slow death if you tried to move it now. Okay. Now, now I, I'll say that I say that, and then I give my disclaimer. If somebody's going to build a house there, obviously you need to go ahead and move the plant. I mean, but if you can avoid it, it I would avoid it. Open up their front yard a little bit. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I I, I was going to trend. Well, I was going to do this. I've got a I've got an old cedar trunk. This big giant cedar tree used to be in my front yard, and it got finally cut down in '98. But the old hollowed-out trunk is sitting there. I was going to plant it inside of that trunk. It's about two feet off the ground, but the but the depth of it is real good. But I'm not going to leave. It's not going to look odd because I was going to cover that with dirt up to the top of the trunk and just kind of and then cover it with gravel and kind of make a like a Mediterranean spot in my front yard. I I, I figured that that might do it. I don't know how high off the ground is this going to end up being. The the trunk? Okay. Yeah. The, in other words, the sago palm's base is going to be how high off the ground if you put it in there? Oh, it's not. It's going to be down inside of the tree. It's a hollow. It's just the okay. edges of the trunk. It's just okay. real hollowed out inside. Okay. It, it's already had something growing in it. The reason I'm asking it's, is uh, because my red oak that came down in the, the tornado, I I have decided that I have, I have opened up, you know, you talk about... <laughs> Hell in a handbasket. I think I've opened up one of the portals because I've put stuff in that hole ever since the, and the the trunk finally collapsed. And I thought, well, this will work. No, it continues to absorb everything that I throw in there <laughs> from leaves, you know, to compost to everything. So all I'm saying is just be careful. This whole thing doesn't sink on you if you when you do decide to move it. Sometimes there's a bigger hole in there than you thought. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig it out real good down and down good, below the, the surface of the soil to to add some peat and everything down in there and sand. 
the other question I had is my gladiolus third year in a room third year in a row they have not bloomed. Hmm. But they bloomed before that. Gladiolus. They bloomed before that. I'm sorry. They did bloom before that. Every year. Okay. Every year I had no problem. I don't know if it's just lack of fertilization. I don't know. It could be. Are they crowded? From, are they crowded? Yeah. Have they grown together to you um, know? Well, there's there's a there's a group of about uh, four that are kind of up against the fence, and then there's others that are spread out here and there that okay. aren't crowded. All right. The one. Do you do you fertilize at all? They're surrounded by obedient that I keep to come in the springtime mm-hmm. or in the fall rather. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that the obedient plant's going to win the fertilizer race unless you feed the bulbs too. You know, in other words, because that's such a voracious plant with a really large root system, and it could be that there 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 are three things that happen to bulbs, and daffodils are not any exception to this. But Easter lilies will do it, you know, and and. Even spider lilies will do it, and daffodils, certainly. They get crowded, or they sink because our soil is heavy, and over a few years they just get to where they've sunk into the ground far enough that the, the literally the, the bloom stem cannot come up into the soil, come up through the soil to the surface. That happens, and fertilizer is the third thing. So obviously the easiest one to solve is the fertilizer, so I would do that first. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. That's all. I know what to do now. I know which direction to go. Okay. Okay. No, there's. I mean, it's, it. there, it's not that every bulb is the same, but because they are heavy and they're underground, and because our soils are heavy and we get a whole lot of rain, things just get things sink. You know, it's a, it, and it's not fast. It's not something that you would notice overnight. So, when they don't bloom for three years, I, I'm going to at least dig up one. I'm going to fertilize the plants, but I'm probably going to dig up one of them and just see how far underground it is. And then you'll have an idea about what else you might have to do later. Okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thanks, I don't know what to do then. I've got plenty of them to dig up. So just, okay. <laughs> just one at a time. <laughs> see you later. Thanks, Don. Oh, my goodness. Summer's in Gulfport. You know, that um, when I was a little little girl, this was when literally school got out, and all we could think about was, when are we going to Gulfport? My great aunt's house and the beach was our our paradise. We didn't even know how well how good we had it. We had no idea. <laughs> it was wonderful. Mike from Houston on the call line today. What's going on? Well, I sent you a text. There's two uh, uh, black-eyed Susan's pictures of them. They got different count of of uh, petals. The yellow petals. One's got a bunch of them. I guess I'm over here got six or seven on it or stuff like that. Is that a different species or? I don't know. I don't see the text here, but if you do, if you send a picture, I'll be happy to look at them. Um, somebody else probably knows more than me. Certainly, other other folks know more about than me about Black Eyed Susans. But I was admiring the ones in front of the building today, where the radio station is, and they're gorgeous this year. I think it's going to be a good year for that plant. Just think- beautiful. I must have sold a bunch of them up here on the side of the road, those uh, Queen Anne's Lace and uh, Black-Eyed Susans. Mm. And my garden and my garden is doing fantastic. That's wonderful. Also, You'll be able also, to feed your family. That's good. Fantastic. Sunflowers are doing fantastic. I really think it's going to be a good year for sunflowers. I've seen several pictures of just lovely, 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 prettier than ever. So I'm glad of that. Well, you're doing it. 
You're doing a good job, man. I know there's other callers there. Thank you, Mike. And uh, bye-bye now. Have yourself a great day, great weekend. Um, question from the text line, Jason's in Pearl. When and how high do I top fruit trees? Um, kind of depends on what fruit tree it is, but generally we prune fruit trees in the wintertime when they're not actively growing. So whatever you want to do, wait. Now, again, it's I'll grant you that if somebody's going to build a house and it, they're putting a second story on and you need to move the tree altogether and, or prune it, you're going to prune it. But fruit trees would prefer to be pruned in the wintertime when they're not actively growing. And how you do it and how much does kind of depend on what kind of fruit tree it is. Oh, Pam, this is beautiful. She's making sauerkraut today from the cabbages she raised. They're gorgeous. I love that. I do love sauerkraut. I, I do love kimchi. I'm, I'm, I have to tell you that there's something about pickled cabbage all the way around. Now, there's a whole, there's other ones. Every culture has something. Every culture has something that they do with the stuff that you grow so much of, and you need to preserve it. And cabbage is one of those things. <laughs> That's beautiful. Let's see. This is uh, Lloyd's in Oxford and got yellow leaves on the Althea. Some of these are wilted. Um, this looks like the, the lower leaves of any plant, like a shrub particularly, but the lower leaves that d- turn yellow are often telling you that there's one of two problems. In this case, because they're not bright yellow, they're just sort of spotty yellow. I think it's more likely that there's a problem that it's staying too wet. Um, I would get, I would take off some of the lowest of the branches so that you don't have anything gra- dragging on the ground. Drench the soil around the plant with fungicide and then see if the damage proceeds at all. If it does, we can do something else. You can certainly spray the tree. But I think you're just looking at basic problems with too much water. If you hadn't fertilized it, probably want to do that too. Okay, okay. It's been a big week at Onion Acres. Talk about that. Take your questions. Talk about whatever's going on in your garden and mine and the one around the corner when we get back. This is Weekend Gardening. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Propane is a safe, reliable, and clean energy source, and it's important that you're aware of these basic safety tips. Be sure that all family members are familiar with the smell of propane, know where the shutoff valve is, and what to do if a leak is suspected. Your propane provider will continue to offer a gas system check by one of their professionally trained technicians at no cost to you. Ask your provider for a pamphlet about more important propane safety info. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. 
Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. I'm Michael Cassidy. Tuesday's Republican primary isn't just a choice between Congressman Guest and myself. It's your chance to say no to the January 6th commission that Guest voted for, to say no to the billion dollars that Guest gave Planned Parenthood, and to say no to Guest sending over $50 billion to Ukraine while Americans are suffering at home. Please vote for me, Michael Cassidy, and say yes to our conservative Mississippi values in Tuesday's Republican primary. I'm Michael Cassidy, candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Cassidy for Congress. Does your driveway need a little spring because your tired vehicle has sprained its sprung? Well, then you need to bring your brung to Pinnacle Motors. Steve Owen and the friendly staff at Pinnacle Motors can up your game and get your ride back to where it should be. If they don't have it, they'll work for you in finding the best pre-owned car, truck, and SUV that's been inspected and has a warranty. They're also still buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 and Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Frederick's has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving you since 1993. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Look around your world, pretty baby. Is it everything you hoped it'd be? The wrong guy, the wrong situation, the right time to roll. Is there something wrong and you can't put your finger on it? Right then, roll the knee. Yeah, sometimes we got problems we can't quite figure out. It might be personal. We don't talk about those here, but we do talk about the ones in the garden, just like the folks on the text line today. Bill in Perkinson has leaf-footed bugs all over the place and his blueberries. Well, leaf-footed bugs are kind of like, um, well... I don't know about your family. Kind of like some of my family. 
when they show up, just a couple of them, it's fine. But when the whole bunch of them comes, it can be trouble. So what I'm saying to you is that the leaf-footed bugs do poke into your plants and do a little bit of damage, but it's usually pretty superficial. On the other hand, if there's two blueberry bushes and 10,000 of them and there's nothing else for them to eat, you do def- you should certainly go out and either vacuum some off or take them away because they're going to do some damage. It's a matter of proportions. Um, for those of you who've never heard of a leaf-footed bug, it, why, people, why things get their names is in and of itself pretty funny. But if you know what, you know stink bugs and you know these other bugs, if you've ever seen the ones that actually when they put their legs down, it looks like this big flat paddle on their feet. Somebody thought that looked like a leaf. <laughs> and so they became leaf-footed bugs. But they're still in that same kind of hardback bug family. And then they have their these flat bugs. You know, somebody said to me the other day, you, you have a lot of education in horticulture. Why don't you talk like a horticulturist? And I said, because I don't, I'm, that's, uh, horticulture is a big, wide field. I don't really know what horticulture is. And they said, well, you should be saying that instead of saying leaf-footed bugs look like they have flat paddles on their feet, you know, you should, there's other things you can describe them as. I said, well, I'm actually a gardener with a whole lot of education, okay? So, and I'm a talker. My parents raised me to be a talker because I didn't talk at first. And when I learned to talk, I learned to talk my own way. <laughs> so that's probably why I don't sound like a horticulturist. Another problem that we're going to talk about and get, get over here, um, Elaine's in Houston. She says, on the side of the road, is it Queen Anne's Lace or is it Poison Hemlock? Now, the flowers look a lot the same. I can't guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Queen Anne's Lace. But here's how to tell. Get up close to the plants. And if the stem of the plant ha- is hairy, you know, it's it's called hirsute if you want to go horticulture on us. But it means that there's hairs on the stem. That's going to be Queen Anne's lace. Look at the stem of a poison hemlock because the flowers look a whole lot alike. So look at the flowers that look at the stem of the poison hemlock. It's going to have purple blotches on it. So that's the that's the ID key that's kind of classic for that particular problem. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Well, who else? Terry. Oh, what's Terry got going on? Terry's got a yucca plant. Yep, you do. You have um, the old folks, they call it. They do. They they call, that's what they do, Bogachita. They do call it bear grass. Um, it, it's also called Adam's Needle, and um, it is a yucca filamentosa. And the reason it says filamentosa on the name is because when you take hold of the leaf, the individual filaments of the leaf do come off and yes you can people have used them to sew things together with so that's it's that's what that is nifty 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 um let's see oh pretty mike that's nice that's from back in february but the question for mike is where do the green tomato worms come from They're a gift. (laughs) Are there any signs I can look for before the leaves and stems are eaten? Absolutely. He uses seven dust after he spots them. I wouldn't do that, of course. But um, here's the thing about tomato worms. They are going to be with us. And one reason we walk the garden every day, particularly at this time, is so we can turn those leaves over and look for the eggs in clusters under the leaf, usually where the 
not always, but usually right where the stem's going to meet the leaf part. You know, it comes out on that petiole, and and that's the the place where I find most of them in my garden and where we see them on examples. But they can be anywhere on the plant in a in a cluster of eggs. Get those off; they never hatch. You don't have the problem. Go back a few weeks before that, and there's a small brown moth. Okay, but you're not going to see her because that's nighttime. So so that's where they come from. They're they're eggs laid by the moth onto the plant because that's their best food source. And if you will, um, if you'll get the eggs off, then that's it won't be a problem. I don't use seven. I use spinosad. But I first before I do anything, if I see the worms, I'm plucking them off. Just take your fingers, take a set of tweezers, take whatever you need to do. Just get them off the plant because they literally will, as you have noticed, have noticed here, um, they'll literally eat the plant overnight. So time to get rid of those guys. Good question, though. Good morning, Caledonia. Though, uh, let's see. First time growing wildflowers and marigolds from seed. Would you repot these in bigger pots or keep them in this plant tray? I would plant them outside or put them in bigger pots, either one. Good looking stand. You've done some good things up there. That's great. Oh, my goodness. Two Paulas. Paula from Dentville. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Paula. I hope you do, too. Um, For those of y'all who don't know, my father's name was Paul. My sister's name is Paula. It's big in my family. And this week, I took the cuttings. I cut back the three-year-old Paul the Poinsettia. Yes, Paul the Poinsettia is named for the members of my family, but now it's also named for Paula from Dentville and Paula from Caledonia. Because <laughs> y'all are so sweet to write to me. Thank you. Paul the Poinsettia is doing great. Why do I have a three-year-old Poinsettia? No reason. Just, just something to do, something to enjoy myself with. I did not, um, you may remember last year's saga, it gets to be September and it's time to cover up the poinsettia so that it can put on its red color in time for the Christmas holidays. And the box was not big enough, the box was too big, the plant was too big, the box was too small, and all of those things didn't work right. I've done this a lot of times. So it it worked the first year, second year it didn't work so great because the plant had gotten too big. So this year I said, well... I'm going to try again, but I really don't care when it turns red. So last year, for example, it turned red at the end of December and stayed with red bracts on it into March. In fact, there's a few of the cuttings that still have red on them. Um, But then when it started growing again, I decided I was going to just see what I could do. Now, here's where we get to the point of a stressed plant. If you've got a plant that needs to be repotted and also needs cuttings taken, sometimes you can do those things at the same time. Poinsettia is such a fragile plant that I took the cuttings because it's got a heel. You know, it's going to sprout out that, uh, spit out that latex everywhere you cut it. So it needs to heal over. Then next week I'm going to repot it into a larger pot. But what I've got now is a two-foot tall instead of a four-foot tall (laughs) poinsettia. Took those cuttings off, took four-inch cuttings off of that, and then I've made some cuttings for it. So that's what I did this week, among other things. Um, Y'all are so fun. Thank you, Paul. The Paulas are just, y'all are wonderful. Thank you for that. Appreciate it very, very much. Which all brings me to... The tomato question and, and how are the tomatoes at all doing? I hope yours are doing well. I'm getting plenty of cherries. I knew I would be, and they're they're delicious. I like it when cherry tomatoes are plenty hydrated. That means watering them if they're growing in pots, watering them every day at least once when they're really ripening so that the skin doesn't get too thick. 
Um, we want a nice, thick-skinned cherry or grape tomato when we buy it in the grocery store because we're, we truly don't want it to smush on its way to us. But from the garden, I want it to almost smush when I take it off the plant. So that involves a lot of water. <laughs> John Updike is, uh, was a, a Pulitzer Prize winning American author. You might know Rabbit Run or any of his other famous things. Um, he also wrote The Witches of Eastwick, I think. But anyway, um, he said, of plants, tomatoes seem the most human, eager and fragile and prone to rot. <laughs> I like that. Oh, all of this is this and much more information can be yours in the All Things Garden Mama Weekly, which is a, a newsletter that I put out in the email um, every Friday. You'll know, find out a little bit about the program, find out what's going on in my garden and in a couple of others that I'm hearing about that week. And it's just really fun. It's it's um, quite, as, as they say, it's well worth the modest price. So get in touch with me, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com. Um, or if you are a Patreon person, you can find me there. You can also go to Linktree and find me there, all as Garden Mama. It's um, I'm happy to say they've been nice enough to let me keep my name. You know, sometimes you get a name and everybody else wants it, and now they're all Garden Mama 37, 39, 52. I'm still Garden Mama. <laughs> Let's see. Um, oh, I'll get to that one after this one. Okay. Super duper. I don't know about this. What are the signs of the apocalypse? I have no idea. But my friend in New York who sent me this story says this is the sign of the apocalypse to them. Um, they're in Queens in the borough of New York. Uh, but also in lower Manhattan. There turns out there's bees swarming everywhere. And the uh, at NYPD bees, New York Police Department bees, that's right. They have people that do this, have to go and collect them. And, yes, of course, they transfer them to somewhere that's safe in this particular case. These were 8,000 honeybees on the side of the building, and they took it to uh, – they relocated them without incident, as they say it's such a formal report, to an apple orchard somewhere. And that's wonderful. That's absolutely great. But the problem is that there's so many of them. There's, there was a tree in Queens that ended up having 20,000 bees removed from it just a couple of weeks before, and before that, 15,000 in a swarm in another building. So I don't know what you think, but my friend thinks that that's the sign of the apocalypse. I don't know. I think there's always been bees there. There just might be a few more right now. Now, on the subject of bees, and because this was so funny, um, uh, yeah, that's... Bees are now fish. What? Yes, you heard me. Bees are now fish. It all goes into regulations and language and how difficult it is to put a creature that is an invertebrate onto the endangered species list. Four bee species were classified as endangered in California in 2018. But Land invertebrates are not explicitly protected in the California Endangered Species Act, which specifically refers to native species or subspecies of a bird, mammal, fish, amphibian, reptile, or plant. Okay? So there's no place for the bees. And the judges decided in this particular case that the bumblebee falls into the definition of fish. 
I have read this thing four times. I am not a lawyer. I do not play one on the radio. But given that a whole lot of marine creatures are not fish, anyway, California has argued forever about whether or not invertebrates should apply to bees, and now that the judges have agreed with them. Um, <laughs> I just think this is great. Now, the good news is that this will afford them some protections and some conservation efforts and some baseline to be able to start counting and and understanding how to move these creatures back off of the endangered into maybe protected and hopefully eventually back into the whole population, for example. But by the way, the reason that they were able to do this, you've heard me say before that frogs always find a way when when we it doesn't matter what's going on we're, we're, last night by the way the tree frogs were just howling last night at my house oh my goodness um but the frogs always find a way the frogs were the first thing to be protected as fish because the the law doesn't have anything about amphibians anyway it's just crazy Pamela Flick, and I'm quoting her because only she could say this, she's the California Program Director at Defenders of Wildlife, which is one of the groups that brought the appeal to the court. She says, it's a great day for California's bumblebees, unquote. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just funny to me. I, I understand it. you got to fit the regs in order to be able to get the protections. And since you can't get legislation passed for things like that without everybody you know, having a fit, that's what they ended up doing. I just think that's wonderful. We've got a lot of your texts. We, of course, of course, are taking your telephone calls this morning. As always, my job is, generally speaking, to give you a place. When they when they ask you when you're in, what did you do? I made a place. Is what I did. And and in this particular case, I'm making a place for us to be able to talk about the gardening that we're doing, the gardening that we want to do, the things that strike us as funny about it, um, and and. and I, I did, in fact, get my one of my boots, uh, my, my rain boots, stuck in the mud the other day, which I always find very funny because they should be able to get through that. But we talk about things like that here. We talk about a lot of other wonderful, frankly, scientific adventures and stuff that people are studying that I just think are interesting. And it makes me so, so happy that you like it, too. Because guess what? If you weren't there, I wouldn't be here. Thank you very much. This is, in fact, the full frog hop. We're going to let them all get out of here and talk about something else when we get back here on Weekend Gardening. business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Okay, Mississippi, I can't leap the Beau Rivage in a single bound. 
but I do feel like a superhero because my parents got informed and we're vaccinated. So together, we stay safer and save lives. Vaccines are safe and available for children ages 5 to 11. If you were fully vaccinated five months ago or longer, the best defense is to get a booster. Be a superhero the Mississippi way. Get vaccinated or boosted today. Got questions? Connect with a physician of the Mississippi State Medical Association by visiting the msway.com. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. I'm Michael Cassidy. Tuesday's Republican primary isn't just a choice between Congressman Guest and myself. It's your chance to say no to the January 6th commission that Guest voted for, to say no to the billion dollars that Guest gave Planned Parenthood, and to say no to Guest sending over $50 billion to Ukraine while Americans are suffering at home. Please vote for me, Michael Cassidy, and say yes to our conservative Mississippi values in Tuesday's Republican primary. I'm Michael Cassidy, candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Cassidy for Congress. It's time to transcend the ordinary and expect more with Mazda of Jackson. Right now, get 1.9% financing on select 2022 Mazdas in stock. That's right, 1.9% APR on select 2022 models, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50s are arriving. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. It's our mission to give you great deals while treating you like family every single day. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Our incredible credit team will work hard to get you approved. 100% credit approval is always our number one goal. Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. Don't overpay for your next new Mazda. Get to Mazda of Jackson today and transcend the ordinary and expect more, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Visit our state-of-the-art facility located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for details with free credit on select models. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. Me and my old lady ain't been getting along. Things don't get better. I'll soon be long gone. This situation is driving me insane. Somebody touch my coat and hand me my walking cane. Gotta put on my 
Welcome into Weekend Gardening. A lot of people doing some traveling. I'll tell you what. I've not. Uh, I, 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 I don't. I've always had enough room. If you need, if you came through town and you're a friend of mine, you needed a place to stay. That's great. But I'm telling you, I'm going to need to be in like an Airbnb here in a minute because people are flying through Jackson and coming into town and on their way somewhere else. It's probably that way at your house too. There's nothing like the frustration of needing to be home. We don't. We Americans don't like anybody tell us what to do. We like to think that we know better, and we don't always, but sometimes we do, and we certainly like to get out and about. And uh, I think that's what's going on. The traveling shoes are hitting a lot, a lot of people. The text line is really heating up, and I appreciate that. Join us, 601-879-4395 on the C Spire text line. The Super Talk call line, of course, 888-808-8637. The uh, Question comes from Lisa in Clara, Mississippi. Can I plant my lemon tree out? When can I plant my lemon tree outside? I would, the question to, for me would be, do you want to grow it outside? Um, you, you're, for those of you who don't know, Clara, Mississippi is about on the same, um, latitude as Brookhaven, but it's further east. Things tend to be a little cooler on the east side of our state. And unless other people around you have a lemon tree in the ground, I'm not going to put it in, I'm not going to be the first one, in other words. I'm going to grow it in a container. That's, I, I grow mine in a container even though it could possibly be hardy in some parts of our state. I like lemon trees to be happy all the time. I don't want them to have to suffer and then get started again. And if it's out in the ground, it may take a hit, unlike a satsuma, for example, which would be hardy where you are. So I'm going to keep it in a container. I'm also going to invest in a, uh, a trolley for it, a, a, a saucer under it, or whatever that has wheels, okay, <laughs> that's casters on it, because they get heavy, and do it that way. Then you can move it inside if you need to. You may not ever need to, but in case you do, you'll be able to. Um, beautiful. Thank you, Lyman Monticello, for sending us the, the Adam's Needle. That's pretty gorgeous. Um, Andrea's in Madison. She's got centipedes in her soil. She wants to know if that's a problem. It's not a problem unless that's all there is. In other words, if there's hundreds of them, you dig them up, and that's what you're seeing. There's no soil left. You would need to make some changes. But they're a part of the ecosystem. As long as there's some of them and some of everybody else and still some dirt, you're in good shape. Um, oh, Crosby. Oh, my goodness. The armadillos are wearing him out. Well, this is, of course, for those of you who remember um, Farmer Mark, this is Crosby. This is his cousin who's taking care of their family cemetery. And the armadillos, of course, are the, I don't even know. I, there's so many names. People call them so many names. But they're very clever creatures. And what you have to remember is that they live somewhere near you. In other words, there's a, a hollow tree stump or there's a barn or there's a, a ditch with a lot of hay in it. I mean, there's all kind of anywhere they can get a little bit hidden and have babies, they're going to stay. And then they go out, of course, and forage for food, digging holes everywhere, looking for grubs, looking for other kinds of critters that they can dig up and eat. So the first thing to do is try and figure out where they are and, frankly, put them in a box and take them out in the woods somewhere so they're far away from you. If that doesn't work, or if if you can't find them, find where they're living because, you know, you can't necessarily find them, then the answer is to treat the soil in that area with something that will control the grubs and and help slow that down but i also have to tell you that that's not all they eat so there's there's other things here but the the main thing to do if you can find them is to get them out of the place and get them to somewhere else and or 
get rid of their food sources because that's what they're after. They're not they're not they're not really there, even though it seems like it. They're not really there to to make you angry. And and they will because they'll dig up stuff. Uh, I've, I've had an armadillo or two in my life and um, they get comfortable They When there's one, it's not a thing. But I, I think of them in some ways because they've come from further south. And as the weather conditions improve going north for them, they, they are probably going to be in Canada you know, in a few years. But. Unlike fire ants, they don't travel in large groups. Um, armadillos tend to be solitary until they send the word home for the relatives to come. And then they get, you know, they're like my relatives. So if you are good, too many is not, not a good thing at all. Not a good thing at all. Um, let's see. <laughs> You're exactly right, Big Mike. See, now we have to worry about flying fish. Are they birds? <laughs> You're right. We don't know. We don't know. But it's a it's just it's a classification. They we put so many labels on things and sometimes those labels are not as revealing as we would like them to be. Ellie's in Florence. Um, she's got topiary Indian hawthorns and she'd like to know if it's too late to prune them. If they've already bloomed out and it has been, say, more than a month since they bloomed out. You might want to just take off what you absolutely have to to maintain their shape. If it's been less than a month, you can prune them all you want. I do love, I, I do love Indian hawthorns, and I'm so glad that they have come back around with some varieties that are doing better than the ones that we used to have. Um, for a while there, we were getting into a big problem with those and not not having as good a luck as we would like to, mainly because they were so subject. Well. Partly because we planted them close together so they would make a nice big show and then they they really did crowd each other out of their space. That makes them more vulnerable to anything. And in this particular case, it was a leaf spot. And also, frankly, to not being able to bloom because they were too, they, they couldn't grow enough to put on new flower buds. So we did give them all those problems. My goodness, there, it's, if you, if you were looking at uh, a section of something, it, it'd probably be Mad Magazine. It's all in your head. There's so many stories about brain research. We could literally sit down and drink a cup of coffee and not get up for two or three hours. I'm not going to try to do all of that to you, but I'm going to start with this one. There, in Massachusetts Institute of Technology, the MIT folks that they're always fun to read when they put their, research into English so that you can understand it. Um, Working memories decline. And I'm here to tell you it is a real thing. We we work on stuff. Our memories, the short-term memory, for example, if you asked me what Big Mike said, I could tell you or I could look and tell you. But if you asked me what I ate for breakfast this morning, I probably it would take me a few minutes to remember if I had or not. Okay? Because that's short-term memory. The immediate is Big Mike on the screen. I can read that and see what it was. What I ate for breakfast is a couple hours ago. That's short-term memory. Now, tomorrow morning, I can probably remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. That's long-term memory. Our our process, though, takes different lem- amounts of time, and different things get collected as as we go in our age and as we get older. But as they are taking apart brains in, in study, I don't mean, well, they do, there is some dissection involved, but it's animals, and I, we can argue about whether that's a good thing or not. Um, I really, really liked their study of mice and run, mice running the maze when they're young versus when they're old. 
Whoo-wee! I am, I'm, de- I'm here to tell you that it does make a difference. The good news is what they were able to analyze and understand is that it's in the thalamus. So if we, when we, as we progress through things that are going to make us healthier and happier, we obviously want to encourage that particular quality in our brain. We want to make sure that these things are going to get stronger circuits, not weaker. Okay? Lots to talk about on that front. Lots to talk about on the garden front. More armadillas. My goodness, there's just so much to do. (sighs) Good thing we get to be here for another hour this Saturday morning. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. All of us at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Green, the new degree of comfort. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Mississippi's medical marijuana laws are still in their infancy, and while it may be legal in our state, it's still illegal under federal law. Navigating that conflict could prove difficult for some. Jay McDaniel with the Mississippi Gaming Commission told us for their industry, it's a touchy subject. When we license a casino and its executives and owners, one of the conditions is they must comply with all state and federal laws. It's just a very generic, that's on their license. Right now, the commission's position is you don't undertake anything that could violate federal law, even if they're not prosecuting you. The application process got underway this week. 
If you plan to work with, certify, or use medical cannabis, log on to supertalk.fm for everything you need to know about the process, as well as the pre-application checklist. And the Mississippi Children's Museum in Meridian is having a fundraiser next Thursday, but this time around it's for adults 21 and over. The carnival-themed Mingle at the Museum event runs from 6 to 9 p.m. Admission is $25 per person. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. Following the abrupt resignation of Stacey Pickering as executive director of the Mississippi Veterans Affairs Board, Representative Bubba Carpenter, who chairs the House Military Committee, sat down with us to talk about where the VA goes from here. You know, we've got to go forward from here. We have a host of veterans and their spouses we need to take care of. And that's what I, my main concern is to, to take care of our veterans and uh, and our National Guard being military affairs and also veteran services. So uh, I want to focus on that is to make sure our veterans uh, are taken care of and we have someone at the at the helm to to be able to do that so uh well that being said you guys probably know more about that than i do and i just you know uh probably wouldn't have a comment at this time about that yes sir mark smith the agency's deputy director has stepped in for the time being as the va board begins its search for a new executive director for super talk mississippi news i'm kelly bennett for Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. NCAA Baseball Regionals are underway this weekend everywhere except in Miami, where the Coral Gables Regional has been postponed due to the tropical storm moving through the area. They have moved the Friday games to today. Number one seed Miami is taking on Kinesis. That's scheduled for an 11 o'clock first pitch this morning. Followed by the Ole Miss, the number three seed there, taking on number two seed Arizona somewhere around 3 o'clock this afternoon with a tentative airtime weather permitting of 2.30 on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Southern Miss is hosting a regional in Hattiesburg. They're the number one seed there. Number two seed is LSU. Number three, Kennesaw State. Number four is Army in the Hattiesburg Regional. And the USM Hattiesburg Regional is matched with the Miami Regional in the Super Regional Round, which is next weekend. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. In Mississippi, we look out for one another because that's the Mississippi way. I'll be honest. 
Not long ago, I was unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine because I had a lot of questions. And after talking to my healthcare provider, I got the answers I needed to make an informed decision about protecting myself and my community. Because that's the Mississippi way. Got questions? Get informed by visiting themsway.com or talking to one of the physicians with the Mississippi State Medical Association. The NBA Finals got underway this past Thursday night between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. In Game 1 Thursday night was at Golden State, and the Celtics came away with a 120-108 to victory in Game 1 of the series, giving the Warriors their first home loss in the playoffs. Game 2 of the series is set for Sunday, the 7 o'clock tip-off between the Celtics and the Warriors, and it will be at Golden State on Sunday for Game 2. Game 3 of the series is set for Wednesday, and it will be at Boston as the two teams will travel from the West Coast to the East Coast to meet in Game 3 on Wednesday, the Celtics and the Warriors in the NBA Finals. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is indeed Weekend Gardening, your place for everything green and growing and well, sometimes the things that we wish weren't growing and sometimes the things that we'd like to stop growing more like... Maybe like last hour, getting rid of the armadillos is occasionally a topic. I um, appreciate that. Yes, we were talking about um, traps and one thing and another. And uh, Mark, he's uh, he's he's going to try and uh, he's got a neighbor going to loan him one trap. He's going to try it. He'll be in touch if he needs any consultation. We may have some. We may have the armadillo posse going here. I'm not sure. It does happen sometimes. <laughs> They can be a real trouble, be a real troublemakers. And yes, they do jump up in the highway at night. I can vouch for that. Um, it, that doesn't. That's an old story, and it, it happens to everybody. But anyway, <laughs> welcome into weekend gardening. The Super Talk call line is for here for you, of course. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. As is the C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Um, Patton Central Mississippi wants to know if you can trim a rose of Sharon. Yes, you can. Ideally, because it's it, usually rose of Sharon has a whole lot of thin stems. If it's one like that, generally we think of pruning it in very early spring. But the truth of the matter is that it generally will come back into bloom. Um, I have a couple of Altheas that, that don't like to be pruned at all. They won't bloom for another period, year, maybe longer. The last time I hit them, it was wrong. But that's because they're odd hybrids and I didn't treat them right. In the case of most Altheas, you can prune them right after they flower the first time or you can prune them when they're dormant. It's, it really doesn't, doesn't, you don't cut off the flowers in the case of Altheas. Uh, as far as I know, maybe there might be some hybrids that that, that happens, but I don't know about the others. Um, <laughs> this is a good question. Joe's, th- this is a really good, this, this happens a lot of times and I really do think that I know the uh, the answer to this one. Any reason why my fig trees are not um, 
in pots don't produce figs. They don't. The figs don't fig. Why is that? Well, and of course he says if the plants came from his parents' house in Clarksdale, he'll, he's going to keep them because they're pretty anyway. So as long as you got enough sunlight and enough water in in the container, is probably getting too much fertilizer because the the fig shouldn't have any problem in a big container producing figs unless. It's going through some kind of stress, and it's probably used up all the fertilizer in growing the roots into that big pot. So I would suggest fertilizing it this summer. You you might get figs for the fall, probably not, but you still need to fertilize it so it can grow thicker and, and better this summer. Then next year will be better. But the reason why it doesn't bloom or doesn't fruit, I should say, in the case of figs, is usually just because it has too much nitrogen fertilizer in it. So if you haven't fertilized it, do that. If you have, stop. Okay? I think that makes, I think, I hope that made sense. Figs in containers are not constrained, and as long as they're in enough sunshine, they should be able to make fruit. Um, it's probably, if you rooted the cuttings three years ago, you're looking at maybe some fruit next year anyway. Okay? Okay. Figs are fun. I, my fig that, um, I believe I told you all I had to cut half of one fig off and then I chopped the other one down. <laughs> now I got figs. It's so funny. Um, let's see. Is diatomaceous earth dusting with diatomaceous earth effective for hornworms? I don't I don't actually it's not it's not prescribed for that because usually they're already up in the plant and we think of diatomaceous earth as something that is in contact with the soil is going to keep snails from crawling up or slugs from crawling up into your plants or crawling into the soil where they are. Um, I've never seen it labeled for that, and I've not used it for that. But it's certainly true that diatomaceous earth has – you'll see it listed – sometimes you'll see it listed for caterpillar control. I've never quite understood what you were supposed to do with it, but I say try it on one and let us all know because it, it w- certainly would do something to them. When they crawl through it, they're going to have their bodies sliced because that's what diatomaceous earth does. For those of you who don't know, diatoms are fossilized free sea creatures that we mine and we take them out of the ocean. We put grind them all up, put them in bags, and they can filter swimming pool water in one form. Another form, they're a garden product. And the garden product is intense because it's got every one of those diatoms where it's been ground up has sharp, sharp, sharp edges on it that may or may not bother you, but they're going to really bother a soft-bodied creature that tries to crawl over it. A lot of people don't know about that. but So tell your wife, I think she should try it. Let me know. Um, let's see. I don't know where this is from, but there's a place in the backyard that is a half a circle that is very green, and sometimes in the half circle it grows mushrooms. It's probably a fairy ring is what that's called, F-A-I-R-Y. Look that up and see if it, if it fits that criteria. Usually they are completely circular, but not always. I've seen pieces of them. The other thing that it could be, if it's not a lawn problem, is that there's a tree that was taken down there within the last 20 years, and its roots are just able to continue to fertilize that space, make it greener, and make it a place for fungus to grow. So you've got two choices on that one. Interesting. 20 to 25 feet of a fairy ring. That's not unusual, but it may not be a fairy ring. It may just be an old root underneath the soil that is still capable of sending up that particular fungus. Um, There's not really an answer to it, but lime will 
suppress the fungus growth. So if the mushrooms themselves bother you, um, you can certainly take them off and compost them and then just put lime on that area, okay? I'm not really sure of anything else that you'd want to do to that space because you don't want to get into you don't want to start digging it up. Then you'd end up having to, then you'd end up having to dig up a root that's probably four feet underground. That wouldn't be good. Um, well, I don't know what's wrong with your hydrangeas, Rusty, but I see a flower, and um, I don't know. I have to look at that. It, it it looks like they may have had some weather damage, but I'll I'll take a peek at that one when I can get up closer to it at the break, and we will take a look. Hydrangeas are, of course, starting into bloom now in central Mississippi. They've been in bloom in from the coast. Going, they, they bloom coming up for over the several weeks. But I have noticed that my lace cap is a little bit slower this year. I do still have two places in my garden, which is one blue and one pink next to each other. They're different plants. They shouldn't be different colors at this point because they've been there for so long. But they've managed to maintain their strong nature, and that's the blue one and the pink one. Um, That's really exciting. It's one of the few things that I've done in this particular garden that's different, completely different from anything that I've ever done before. I've never managed to do that. And I didn't intend this. I did manage. I did. I will tell you that I amended the soil at different times because these plants came into being at different times in that, that garden. But um, I've not I've not done that before. Interesting enough. Interesting. Oh, don't forget um, if you have not if you not ever thought about daylilies and you're in the Hattiesburg area today, you have an opportunity that doesn't not only comes once a year even to Hattiesburg, but doesn't come to other places at all. And that is the Hattiesburg area daylily society's 26th annual daylily show and sale. Okay, at the train depot in downtown Hattiesburg, the plant sale begins at 11 o'clock. You would like to be there. And and then, of course, the, the show opens with the, all the plants that were entered that have been judged and whatnot. And you can go ooh and ah over those at one o'clock. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a big ooh and ah. It really is. It's just just wonderful to do that. Well, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Um, I haven't. uh I don't know. I'm a dandelion person. I don't care for dandelion wine. I'm, I don't care for it in my lawn, but I do think that they're intrepid and lovely plants. The Imperial College in London is now um, trying to figure out how those puffballs turn into so many plants in so many places. And it's not an easy thing to figure out because it goes directly into um what goes what eats it what carries it on their fur um what what the wind does you know all of this kind of stuff but because this work is so interesting they've gotten deeply into the the actual little parachutes you know the seed carrying parachutes that come out of the dandelions it's fascinating work what they're trying to do of course because everything goes this way they're trying to figure out how we can get better robots and they're going to need to fly Easily and quickly and apparently in a lot of directions at once. So that might be the inspiration for it. There's a uh, good morning. Let's go to Clinton. Hello, Harold. Thank you for calling. What's on your mind today? Good morning. Uh, I had called about, I guess it's been about three weeks ago now. 
I'm sorry, his phone line is kaput. You will have to get his question and ask it for him. So put him on hold and talk to him. That phone line just died on us. It happens. (laughs) It does happen. (laughs) Anyway, you may not be interested in the dandelions. I am. I think it's really fascinating stuff. This is uh, one of the few places where biology and engineering really do run right into each other because the engineers want to study something that the plant people have always wanted to study but for different reasons. So they put their work together and... This Every dandelion seed is surrounded by the bristles. There are a hundred, about a hundred bristles that form that little parachute. It's just wonderful, marvelous to watch. And it's a, it's a really neat thing to, if you think about it, we, we all end up with stuff all over the place when we have, there's one dandelion, it doesn't stay in one place very long. So the interesting part for me is how do they disperse and what in the world does it have to do with robots? I just think that's cool. I understand about transportation and needing to move. It's going to be kind of fun. Um, Oh, good, good, good. We love anecdotal information here. She was, and I know about dusting the tomato plants for for aphids because it does work she was doing that this morning and uh a big hornworm fell off the plant (laughs) writhing in pain so i'm saying i think it might help i was worried that it might not be enough because they're so thick skinned but apparently this one at least it's just an anecdote we don't have any proof of it but we can tell you that it worked in this one case all right all right um Yes. Corinne, the answer is yes. Because <laughs> green beans are not real good about reprodu- remaking on the same bean plant. So, yes, interplanting, succession planting, those kind of things all work pretty well with with green beans. I have been doing here's, – here's another project. I've been starting my seeds Y'all know that I collect seeds. It's like I don't plant them all. I just collect them. So I've been planting seeds. I decided I would plant all the bean seeds in this package because it was old and I couldn't tell if it was going to be any good. Every one of them came up. So they're in a container. And now I have beans way too close together blooming in a container that's way too small for them. So it's pretty funny. (laughs) It's pretty good stuff. Um, Did you you get to talk to the green bean guy? Yes, um, Harold wants to know. He's uh, he actually called you back about three weeks ago, saying he was growing some snap beans, and he said they were looking really uh, pretty at one time, and then all of a sudden they just started to die. And he tried all different types to try to keep them alive, and then he said he was going to try some Kentucky Wonder. I think that's what he said, mm-hmm. and he was wondering if that would be good to keep, help keep them alive. Well, Kentucky Wonder is a different bean. And so, yeah, it's a good good choice. Don't I wouldn't if you don't know what caused those beans to go sideways on you. Um, probably need to do a little research. Look for aphids on them. Look and see if the soil stayed too wet or too dry, and those kind of things. But yeah, Kentucky Wonder is a good bean. I have no problem with that. It's a, it's be a little hot. It, we get into this with this June planting in Mississippi and Central Mississippi and, and even in South Mississippi. It's kind of iffy because it's hot. But if you're willing to water, then they certainly will grow, and they can probably produce. We usually think about more planting again in July because then we end up with a better time frame for them. But but I say give it a try. Why not? 
Um, if you will get Mr. Hank from Purvis up on there, does he want to talk to? Okay, we'll pull him up and we'll see what's going on. Hank, what's up? Hello, I Hank. Have a crescent, I have a crescent-shaped spot in my lawn. Oh, I just that, answered uh, has been there for 10 years, and I cannot get grass to grow on it for nothing. Mm-hmm. I've changed and added soil and, and added grass seed, and it, I just there's just something there that won't let it grow. Mm-hmm. Well, the chances are that, as we were talking about with the root that's underneath that causes the mushrooms to grow, you can have roots under there that just simply prevent that lawn from growing i've even seen they were not that i've seen places where they dug one up and there was actually a hole in the whole surface where the root had been and was no longer but the grass couldn't grow because there wasn't any there was a disconnect of some sort um i tend to think when things have been that way for a long time i'm not going to fight with them anymore i might plant a flower bed there or put up a bench, you know, put up something to sit on, just so, it, whatever it takes so that it doesn't bother you, because that's a long time to worry about a spot that you've tried to fix. Have you tried putting in an, a, a, an elevated area and just not growing lawn in that space? Make, make a bed out of it, make a flower bed? I just didn't, you know, I heard you mentioned putting lime down for the, uh, for the fungi, but mm-hmm. uh, I well, now if you've well. if you have never law lo- if you've never limed your lawn, it's probably a good idea. It, most lawns in Mississippi can be limed every third year to help with the pH, and that does help things. So if you've never done that, you can certainly lime it. It it, it isn't going to hurt, and it might help. Well, I've I've started. I've, I've, I'm putting out a bunch of lime as almost as we speak, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been probably six or seven years since I have lime, but uh, I bought a bunch of lime and, and uh, put it down, so we're hoping that that will do something. All right, well, let me know, because it's a curiosity. Um, it's one of those things that, you there, there are some things that are just anomalous. I, I have I have things that, in my garden, I've been there for more than 20 years, and there are things that shouldn't be like they are, but they are, you know? <laughs> so let me, let, let me hear from you about this one. I hope the lime will help, Okay. We're going to give it a try. All righty. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate hearing from you. That's great. Um, let's see. What is this bug? I love this. This is always the mystery. Is it friend or foe? Let's see if I can look at it. I have to get up closer to that one, too. And then we've got questions about um, squash vine borers and other stuff because, you know, it's garden season. We've about run out the whole page in my notebook. That means it's a good show. Stick around. There's more to go. It's weekend gardening. Welcome to the digging safety class. Hey, Bob. You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811. I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living. I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh? Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. 
It's the law, and it's just the right thing to do. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Does your driveway need a little spring because your tired vehicle has sprained its sprung? Well, then you need to bring your brung to Pinnacle Motors. Steve Owen and the friendly staff at Pinnacle Motors can up your game and get your ride back to where it should be. If they don't have it, they'll work for you in finding the best pre-owned car, truck, and SUV that's been inspected and has a warranty. They're also still buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 and Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices, Pinnacle Motors. I'm Michael Cassidy. Tuesday's Republican primary isn't just a choice between Congressman Guest and myself. It's your chance to say no to the January 6th commission that Guest voted for, to say no to the billion dollars that Guest gave Planned Parenthood, and to say no to Guest sending over $50 billion to Ukraine while Americans are suffering at home. Please vote for me, Michael Cassidy, and say yes to our conservative Mississippi values in Tuesday's Republican primary. I'm Michael Cassidy, candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Cassidy for Congress. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we too want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. You don't want to miss the huge Civil War Relic Show at Brandon City Hall, Saturday, June the 11th from 9 to 5 and Sunday, June the 12th from 9 to 3. Featuring vendors selling weapons, relics, antiques, photographs, books, uniforms, art, and so much more. Living history and cannons will be on display. Join us at Brandon City Hall, Saturday, June the 11th from 9 to 5 and Sunday, June the 12th from 9 to 3. Free genealogy research, indoor prizes, great Father's Day gift ideas, $7 mission for adults and kids under 12 are free. Sponsored by the Sons of Confederate Veterans, Camp 265, Brandon.
When I studied horticulture long ago, the uh, well, when I began studying horticulture, still studying it, but when I began studying it, there was a lot of controversy about growth regulators. A lot of times we want plants to flower in a, you know, at four, six or eight inches above the top of the flower pot as opposed to 15 or 20 inches above, which is what they would do in nature. So growth regulator is always one of the issues that's big to be studied. But because they have other effects, we oftentimes have to see what else is going on with them. In this particular work from the Max Planck Institute, they have uh, taken yet another thing that I learned and thrown it right out the window. The, the defensive hormones salicylic acid and jasmonic acid do not, in fact, always re- suppress one another in regulating the plant's chemical defenses. See, one of the things that happens when you reduce their growth potential is you also reduce their, reduce their ability to fight pests. And then, on, then you have to do other stuff to control that. And we won't even get into what needs to fit into your truck. But that's why growth regulator is such a big deal. Now that we know, however, that they do not always suppress each other, we actually have an advantage because the interplay of these hormones can help us in particular with trees but other plants in reducing their reducing the impact that they have um, when, when pathogenic fungi get after them. It can be lessened if we understand that these things actually work together as opposed to not, which we used to think that they didn't. Um, Mike in Starkville, welcome in. What's on your mind today? Um, I got a, uh, at a recent transplant from uh, up in the northeast. So I uh, this is my second summer here. I've got canna lilies all over my house. Love them. They've come back uh, early spring and, and they're really starting to grow. I've got one clump that is last spring that came in as a, a scarlet color this year they're coming in as sort of like a faded red mm. and i didn't know if there was anything that i could give them to give that color back to them mm, maybe maybe not we we fertilize cannas but only a little bit because they tend to be so vigorous and if i was going to do that i might fertilize one side of it and see if it made any difference but the there's not anything particular in the growing method for them that would change their color you can intensify it, though, by fertilizer if it happens to be lacking something. Where'd you move from? Good. Uh, Pennsylvania. Ah, I have some good. My, my One of my very favorite book publishers is there, and I have some very dear friends in Philadelphia, but I've also got some good friends out on, in the west side of Pennsylvania, so I kind of kind of run that whole state pretty well. Um, I have good friends there and good memories. I did enjoy the Philadelphia Flower Show very, very much when I was there. Um, it was fun. It's beautiful, but uh, we get uh, we get to grow some really cool things down here in the south. Well, much more for me. I, I always like to visit, but I'm I'm not much on cold weather, so <laughs> I don't want to be there too long. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how quick the blood thins when you Ooh, get out. Seriously. The good news is that here we all appreciate the uh, the vision, the, the slickness of sunscreen and the smell of insect repellent. So those are our, our go-tos here in the South. Thank you for letting me know about that. Now, let me know if they have any other problems. If they get crowded or if their stems get wound up, there's other stuff that we can do for those cannas. But enjoy them, meanwhile. Oh, they're beautiful. Thank you, man. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate hearing from you. Yes, people who get who transplant here sometimes have a good experience. Sometimes they have to wonder for a little while. I uh, 
I'm not much on cold weather. Can't say that I like hot weather either all that much. I'm more of a moderate person, and that's nowhere. So <laughs> let's see. Sarah, I do not know what this bug is. Um, I'm hoping it's not one of the instars as Japanese beetles are moving along. If it's really iridescent and shiny as it looks like it might be, then you need to worry about whether it's a Japanese beetle. But if it is, it's going to be eating the plant. So if it's eating the plant, we've got a problem. If it's not, we don't. Okay, okay. What's wrong with my hydrangeas? Well, I have to tell you, Rusty, they look like they haven't ever been pruned. And they look like they, because they're on the side of the the water there, it, it, it might be some damage from heavy winds and rain actually tearing some of those leaves apart, and then they just turn brown and fall off. If you've never pruned it, prune it after the flowers this summer and then don't prune it again for another several years because they don't need it. But if you get down in that soil and it's really, really wet, it's possible. It's not doesn't usually happen, but it does occasionally happen that we end up with some uh, fair amount of root rot in that in a hydrangea. It doesn't happen much, but it can. So the two things I would do is to think back whether the weather might have done this. You're going to prune the damage off anyway. But after they finish flowering, you can do a little more pruning, and that will help for the, the future. Okay. Gina wants to know, she's in Batesville, what about squash vine borers? <laughs> well, the answer is, mm, those rascals. Um, if you're already seeing the plant wilted completely, the only thing to do is to, and I just wrote about this in the All Things Garden Mama newsletter last week, um, there, there, you really have to cut it open, cut the vine open, take that thing out, and then try and bury the stem and see whether or not the plant can recover. Better choice, of course, is to keep an eye on them and look for eggs before they can have the chance to turn into the borers. Because as soon as the eggs are open, as soon as the eggs hatch, they open up that sim and stick their noses in it. They bury it, bury, burrow into it, and that's where they spend their life cycle, which is why your plant wilts. So if you can find the eggs, that's best. If you can't find the eggs, you can sometimes take out that section of stem that has the worm in it and bury the rest. Sometimes that works. Some people go to growing all of their squash underneath row covers, that white floating row cover, so that they don't get the don't get eggs laid on them in the first place. Okay, so it's something else to, to think about. It's which way you want to go. It's time to plant squash again in July. So if you want to do the um, the the floating row cover that's going to be a perfect time to do that uh, joe wants to know can he reuse his old potting soil absolutely unless it has had something in it that was dangerous like a, a disease the plant died because it got you know it, it got some sort of root disease or some serious infestation of soil-borne insects or in the case of tomatoes or um, even beans, frankly, but but tomatoes and potatoes, you always want to rotate that soil out to something else because you don't want to grow or make the mistake of growing that plant in that soil the second time. It creates problems. We have to rotate those out. Um, but, yeah, I use mine again. I do take it, and for this week, for example, I'm planting some more flats to sprout some bulbs to then put into the garden. So I was um, I was sprouting cannas in one big flat, and I took the to took the soil and took an old potting soil, laid it out into my mixing area. It had ants in it. Well, so what am I going to do? I treat for the ants first, leave it aside, 
and then I came back the next day, mixed it with leaf mold, and put it into the flat. So the the ants are long gone. Um, and yes, I use spinosad on them. <laughs> so it's not that I only use spinosad, but I talk about that all the time. Um, Papa D wants to know about bees and um, about those short pieces of bamboo stacked up in a little box. You're talking about an insect house. And yes, it can be very, very helpful. There, I have thought about it. I have so many places where the, the critters live and hide on my property that I don't, I don't actually do that. But it does help very much in the promotion. Um, and in this pollinator garden that I'm working on now, there there will be an insect house. That's one of the things I'm putting in it. It's a good idea. It's not necessary. It's not necessarily necessary. Does that make sense? In other words, if you've got plenty of other places for the bees to rest and nest, it's not essential. But it certainly doesn't hurt. And, and and it's a, a great ornament, good conversation piece, and a place where the insects can actually get some relief from heat, sun, rain, you know, all the things that threaten them as well. Um, let's see. <laughs> Thank you, Brenda and Brandon. The figs have already eaten one. She's got two different stages of ripening on her figs. Well, the good news is you got two different fig crops going, and that's exciting. We often, it, it would not often, if we're very fortunate, and in one or two particularly varieties, we often see a June crop and a September crop. So you're seeing two different things, um, and that that's really great. Congratulations. Beat the birds to this one. Um, um, it's blueberry picking time at my house, and the, <laughs> the birds that live in my yard don't like it because they want the blueberries. And I do have one that's much, one plant that's much, much taller. It's the oldest one. It's the tree form um, blueberry, and they do get some of those. But when I go out early, 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 early in the morning to beat them to the blueberry bushes, they fuss at me, and I enjoy it so much. I really love it when they yell at me. It's just great. <laughs> Yeah, the figs are the same way. The birds will beat you to them if you don't get out there early. That is for true. Um, where are the eggs on the squash vine board? Well, they're on the squash vine. They'll, generally speaking, be if the leaf is um, here, if the leaf is in one spot, and then you go back on the stem to the main plant, they're going to be right somewhere in there. They're going to be on the part of the stem, not up on the leaf. And they're just little, there'll be little clusters of them. Um, it's not hard to find if they're there. And it's another case where it's, sometimes you don't see them because there's so, there's so few, there's just a few of them there, but they're, they're going to get you. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. There, you, you, you could be right, Big Mike. Um, we're wondering what's going to happen to the dandelion robots. <laughs> there's a science fiction movie in there somewhere. Just get ready. Okay. <laughs> You you know it's true. I have always said if we just took the things that we actually read about that are happening and turned them into formats, we would have so many interesting things to read about. Oh, my goodness. Now, this may or may not please you, but it pleased me, so I'm going to tell you about it. University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Not really known necessarily for all their work in in in, in invasive species, although they're not behind the curve too far. Um because the study that they've done now, 
I just love this. When I quote a scientist, it's because they said something nobody else can say. And today, I actually had two of them. That's some sort of a ding, ding, ding moment for me. I don't. I seldom have. They, they seldom interest me that much. But in this particular case, Bethany Bradley, the professor of environmental conservation at UMass. UMass Amherst, and this particular paper's senior author says, the good news is that the bad news isn't quite as bad as we thought. (laughs) Now, I like that. That's an optimistic, you know, thing. Um, The idea here is that reporting on the ecological effects of invasive species when combined with qualities like drought, um, some kind of climate change of some sort or another, usually a warming temperature, sometimes even the appearance of extra excess nitrogen in the atmosphere, for example, from runoff and those kinds of things. And what they have seen is that this invasive species itself is already a big enough problem. We don't actually add to it. So that tells you that management at the local level in other words we can say all this stuff about what we need to do and what's affecting it but if we look right down to it at the at the granular level the level outside the back door what we're going to see is that every time we remove an invasive plant we're doing good for the ecology it's not a wasted effort and there's so many things that feel like it's wasted that i'm telling you i pulled up a tallow tree the other day Y'all who listen regularly, and I appreciate that, you know that this tree was, I pulled this tree out of the yard 25 years ago. And it's still, there's a seedling that comes up somewhere. There's not another one anywhere in sight. There's not another one on the block. There's not another one in the rear of my house anywhere. And still, those seeds are so there that uh, if I had, if I didn't pull them out, I'd have another tallow tree. Tallow trees are extremely invasive, and they get started, and they don't stop. They also shade out things that are native, they ruin areas, and they can get so thick, in fact, in in places that you can't get in to control them. So that sort of plant is the ones that we needed to know, are they getting worse because of nitrogen runoff into the water where they're sprouting or, you know, the land next to the water and all that sort of thing. No, actually, they're just doing this all on their own. So every bit of effort that we make is a positive one. I really like that. I think that's very important for us to realize because we do feel kind of like, you know, uh, they're, they're selling corn, not at just one grocery store. I happened to be at two grocery stores yesterday for different reasons. The corn was no less than a dollar an ear, okay, in either one of these. I mean, I wasn't at some fancy grocery store. Don't get excited. This is just regular corn, not even organic. Put it in a that tells you how much it costs to get your food to you. we got to grow more. we got to grow together. That's what we're all about here. And, yes, we do, in fact, grow tea right here in Mississippi. So stick around. This is Weekend Gardening.
Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all-electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. In Mississippi, we look out for one another because that's the Mississippi way. I'll be honest, not long ago, I wasn't sure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine because I had a lot of questions. And after talking to my healthcare provider, I got the answers I needed to make an informed decision about protecting myself and my community because that's the Mississippi way. Got questions? Get informed by visiting the MSWay.com or talking to one of the physicians with the Mississippi State Medical Association. Hey, this is Bob. And if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1950 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a master tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. This is Michael Cassidy. I've spent my career as a fighter pilot in the Navy, and now I'm running for Congress in the Republican primary here in Mississippi's 3rd District. Our district represents the best of America. We're pro-life, pro-American, and pro-Trump. But Congressman Guest has not upheld these principles. Congressman Guest voted to give $1.1 billion of your taxpayer dollars to Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider. He's voted to bring in an unlimited number of foreign workers that take our jobs and suppress our wages. And he was one of the few Republicans to join Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in voting for the January 6th commission. Unlike guests, I oppose sending even one penny of your money to Planned Parenthood. I support securing our border, limiting foreign worker visas, a moratorium on legal immigration, and banning foreign ownership of U.S. land. I'll fight to fix our country's broken election system and get President Trump back in the White House in 2024. I'm Michael Cassidy, a pro-Trump, America first Republican running for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly cheesesteak sandwich or wrap, melt-in-your-mouth pulled pork sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at Barone'sTreePros.com. That's Barone'sTreePros.com. 
you've not been a gardener before and this is your first time to try and grow something, maybe you bought a house and there's plants out there, you know, you got to do something about them. Maybe you have decided you're going to try and grow a little food for your family. Maybe you've decided you want to pursue a new point of view in the whole farm world. You're going to add flowers to your growing or maybe you're going to start all over and just have a whole new career in horticulture, in gardening, in ag. This is the place to be. That's Mississippi. That's weekend gardening. That's what we do here. Everybody who grows gets a lot out of it. Now, that means you, not just me, you. If you've got house plants, you've got plants in the yard, you've got plants at the office, you've got plants at the farm, doesn't matter where it is, the contact that you make with nature, the contact that you make with the things that you grow contributes to your positive sense of well-being and quite frankly at the same time that it contributes to your positive sense of well-being takes away from the kind of stuff that eats at all of us all right i don't know what your particular demons are certainly everybody's got them and nowadays we're seeing an awful lot more of them out in public than i think most of us would like and that's really another reason to be a gardener I'm not talking about horticulture therapy, although I will if you'd like me to. I'm talking about the sense of well-being that comes from doing something positive with nature. And that's as simple as I can put it to you. So I hope that you are, and I hope that you will continue to be part of the Green and Garden Mama world. I, I love it, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Appreciated all these questions. These are good ones today. Um Trey in Grenada is, got, is harvesting squash. He wants us all to know that he doesn't have squash vine borers. And as always, Trey's garden always makes me want to go immediately and have dinner because <laughs> he's always got such good-looking food. That's really a lot of fun. Talking about fertilizer on those potted figs, um, here's the thing. Anytime you're growing food in containers, if the leaves are already happy, You don't need to give it a whole lot more nitrogen. That's the thing that gives us happy green leaves. But you may want to give something a little bit of nitrogen just to carry things along, more phosphorus and potassium. That's why usually a vegetable garden food, for example, will be 5-10-10 or 5-10-5. Those are shrub foods have a similar relationship, lower nitrogen, higher other things. I want to encourage you when you buy fertilizer to read the label and get something that is complete. That means that it has nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, those big three that we talk about, but it also has all the trace elements. And sometimes it is the trace elements that we cannot quite get enough of to make the things happen that we want to happen. This is a part and separate from everything else. So just make sure you're getting a complete one if you go to buy a fertilizer. It's important to do that. Okay? Okay. Um, there are <laughs> so much, so many good things. This is wonderful. Um, let's see. I don't know where you are i don't know where you are but anyway uh, is there such a thing as thornless blackberries and when should i plant yes there is and you might want you can you might find them now in which case you could plant them now and you would need to keep them watered during the summer they wouldn't produce until next year but it's good to have a nice year's worth of growth in your space you know before you try to get something to, to make fruit you can also you can plant them anytime the plants are available to you you will find wonderful names there. There's names like Arapaho, which are great, great thornless blackberries. Some of the work, if you're just curious about them, some of the work, best work that's been done on them is done at the University of Arkansas, where they have really, really good horticulture school for that stuff. Um, something you might want to just go check out, read about. 
It's fun stuff. I have uh, been thinking about tomato tests, and there are a lot of them. We don't pass all of them, of course, but we we end up with some pretty good. Uh, oh, that's pretty. I'm telling you, these are just lovely. Jeff, I'm looking at your tomatoes. They're gorgeous. I'm jealous. I don't have that many. I have that many cherries, but I don't have that many big tomatoes. Um, but I've been thinking about them, and we're we're almost to the point where we need to be planting for the fall. So I broke off a stem the other day. didn't mean to. It was an accident. Something fell on it. And I took it and put it in, took off, you know how I root things, took off the, uh, made a fresh cut on it, and then took off half of each leaf so that it wouldn't over-transpire before it could root. That means not taking off half of the leaves. It means taking off half of each leaf. Chop it with a pair of scissors. And it it made for a couple of days, but it was just a little too hot. I didn't have it. I put it in some water and left it outside. I probably should have brought it indoors. But this is the time when we start thinking about rooting suckers or rooting cuttings. You may have a plant that looks great the top half, but it's finished bearing, and you realize you got blight all over the bottom leaves. Well, you don't want to keep that plant because that's blight. You don't need it in your garden. But you might want to root cuttings off of the top for the crop that we begin in the summertime for fall harvest. Those are all wonderful opportunities for us. The tomatoes, tomatoes can be something. They're, they're good and they're not so good. Um, they, can, they can be a problem. Here's another question that came this week. When the peppers are really curled, you're growing hot peppers, and instead of being fairly straight up and down, they're very, very curved. Um, it, it can be a weather thing. It can be nothing at all. Or sometimes it's the pH, and you're not having quite enough of one thing and not enough of the other because the pH is limiting the plant's ability to take up a steady source of its the nutrients that it needs. So this would be a great time to get a soil test done in that particular area and see what you've got. I'm uh, I'm excited about butterfly bushes. I'll be putting one of those in the sip garden. If you have a favorite color, by all means, send it to me, Mama on Air, or a favorite variety name, Mama on Air at yahoo.com. Mama in my world is always spelled M-A-M-A. There's lots of ways to spell it, but that's just mine. So you'll get me if you go to Mama on Air at yahoo.com. There's some critical water questions. Um, I've, I've had so much rain in my garden this week that it seems funny to talk about the, the need of getting water to other places. But it is a much more critical problem than we anticipated it being, I think, when we began building, particularly like Southern California. There's so many areas where the drought now has gone into an absolutely unprecedented place and University of Leeds is doing a whole lot of work on this. Um, They're trying to figure out what to do and how to get the different parts of the world to even relate to one another because everybody's kind of well, it's my water. You get your own. You know, thing like we are about a lot of stuff. But here's Molly on the text line from Columbus. Her Boston ferns are light green. What fertilizer do you recommend? I recommend, um, in the case particularly if you're only feeding ferns, get some fish emulsion. If you feel like that's going to smell too much, get something else that is high nitrogen and that you can put into a bucket. The best way to do this is going to be to take the take your your Boston fern. Put the fertilizer, mix the fertilizer up, water the plant first, and after it's watered, take it and put it into that bucket with the fertilizer mixed up in the water. Let it sit there for about an hour and then take it out. 
That's the best way to fertilize a fern that has not had any or that has turned pale because it can, not every plant can take up the fertilizer and actually re-green a leaf, but ferns can do that, many of them. So it's a good idea to go ahead and give it a chance. Then you may have to do a little thinning or a little pruning if it doesn't re-green, but if it's pale green, it needs to be soaked in a fertilizer. And frankly, usually people are surprised the next week the whole thing is bright green again. (laughs) Takes a few days. Like most things you got to be a little bit patient in your garden wouldn't hurt for us to be patient with one another either remember folks you got to choose to be kind we don't come together for these things because it's it's necessarily the most natural thing in the world it's kind of like starting a seed plant something see what grows come back here next week and we'll do it some more on weekend gardening Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. I'm Michael Cassidy. Tuesday's Republican primary isn't just a choice between Congressman Guest and myself. It's your chance to say no to the January 6th commission that Guest voted for, to say no to the billion dollars that Guest gave Planned Parenthood, and to say no to Guest sending over $50 billion to Ukraine while Americans are suffering at home. Please vote for me, Michael Cassidy, and say yes to our conservative Mississippi values in Tuesday's Republican primary. I'm Michael Cassidy, candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Cassidy for... A Super Talk Mississippi media production.